0: Trek Companion. This is episode 220. I'm your host, Brian Williams.
1: I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry.
0: And today we're going to be discussing Forger's fifth season. My God, are we on the fifth season already? (laughs) Wow. Fifth season episodes Night and Drone.
1: Here we go. Night, Season Five, Episode One, Production Code One Ninety Five, Original Air Date October Fourteenth, Nineteen Ninety Eight, Directed by David Livingston, Written by Brandon Braga and Joe Minoski, Music Composed by Jay Chataway. Guest Cast Include Ken Maggie as Controller Imp, Martin Raynar as Doctor Chaotica, and Stephen Dennis and Stephen Rankin as Night Aliens. <laughs>
2: En route towards the Alpha Quadrant, Starship Voyager is forced to travel through a sector of space, the Void, where starlight is completely shrouded, creating a dense black cloud. The journey through the sector will take two years, but only two months into the travel has set the crew on edge. Left with nothing to do in the empty darkness, Captain Janeway has taken the time to reflect on their situation, feeling intense guilt for her choices that left the crew stranded in the Delta Quadrant.
0: You're using their space as a dumping ground for your... Antimatter waste,
1: why ice civilization produces over six billion ice tons of industrial
2: byproduct every day. This region is a perfect disposal site. How convenient for you, a spatial vortex to the middle of nowhere,
0: far away from your own system out of sight, out of mind. problem is somebody lives here
1: night Steve, kick us off on night. I always enjoyed the Captain Proton stuff. I like how this begins. Um, I always thought that was fun. Their uh, stuff with that. Um, this, So this episode, I mean, I think it's it's kind of interesting because it's, um, I don't think it's bad or anything. I think it's, it's um, you know, has some adventure and whatnot. I do think there's some slow spots where it feels like it just kind of drags on and on. But at the same time, I think that kind of does something to put us in the place of them feeling so isolated and everything's just the same you know so i don't know if the, so that kind of feeling the way they did that it does kind of convey that feeling so i don't think it's a you know i'll give it a pass really on some of those slow slow spots um it does seem odd i always thought that of how it seems like so quickly you know she became reclusive you know like just this let's I'm not I'll be able to see stars. So I'm going to go hide out now for yeah, the, you know. a
0: little bit like this was a narrative thing that they, the writers wanted to happen. So they just, you know,
1: tried mm-hmm. to push a button and it does feel like a stretch, but right. Like it's yeah. not just a good enough reason for her to do this. I mean, it's interesting that she felt, you know, and they're, and they're addressing this notion of her making decisions that ultimately led them to this situation, which they haven't, they only, they haven't touched on for a long time, really. Um,
0: yeah, you you would have had to have
1: set this up a
0: little bit. You know, yeah, a few yeah. lines over the course of the last few years would have been might have been enough. I don't know.
1: Right. I okay. mean, it helps a little bit that it's a you know there's a hiatus and you know new season and all that to do it. But but yeah, the 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 motivation, the the reason why she's doing this seems like a stretch. Um, but I don't think it's awful. I mean, I think there's some there's some exciting stuff in it and fun adventure kind of things. But and I, like I said, I like Captain Proton, but. But yeah, overall it seems I I don't really understand Janeway's motivation and it doesn't make her look so great doing this, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Adam, your first thoughts? Yeah, I agree mostly with what Steve um presented. I mean, I liked um I kinda like the different you know, like avoid a void of space. It's kinda interesting concept. Um you know, you know, obviously space is vast and almost infinite. So, I mean, there's gonna be these pockets of different experiences and nebulas and that kind of thing. And it's a um, it's an interesting take. Um, I don't know if I've, I don't think i felt quite the same way um, as you two about like um, Janeway, you know, her reflection and that kind of thing. I mean, I guess I could agree with you guys, like maybe they should have set this up, um, you know, maybe, you know, a hint of guilt here and there along the way um, would have played better for this episode. But I mean, I kind of like, you know, the first scene where Chakotay goes in there, I actually do like the scene, you know, she's talking about how she wishes for a couple board cubes just to be distracted. Um, And I kind of think that's kind of says something in general about life, you know, it's like, you know, we don't take the time to reflect on our decisions or the consequences or the unintended consequences of how things, the choices that we make may affect abroad swath of people and um in this case it's kind of a microcosm with the crew you can kind of see it and um i like that i just like that scene and i liked how she was you know you know wanting the distraction and um i didn't quite feel as strongly i guess as either you two about like um this being you know if you think about it if you're in you know this is eight weeks of doing nothing So at some point, maybe not right away, maybe they could have just had them in there for like four or five months. That might've made a little bit more sense, but I can kind of see that where you go stir crazy and you just, you're consumed by your own thoughts. So. um, It didn't bother me near as much as you guys Um, overall, yeah, the pacing of the episode was, was pretty good. I think, I think that was intentional to kind of create a feeling of boredom. What Steve was talking about the slow points. I don't know if it was intentional, but that's the kind of way it played off. Um, You know, and then, you know, you know, the second half of the episode, it kind of, it feels more familiar, you know, um, you know, you got pollution, you know, they're talking about this in this episode, you know, polluting, killing a species that kind of reflects a little bit on our own society. And, um, you know, and, you know, I kind of like that Chakotay, you know, he had that, 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 that scene with, um, Tuvok explaining, you know, they're not the best of friends, but they kind of agreed and they kind of knew the decision that, um, Janeway was going to be making that she was going to question, she was gonna come. She was gonna confront the same problem that she had four years previous: uh, do I take the shortcut or do I help save the species? And I kind of like that they um, came together, knowing what she was gonna do, and and stopping her from doing it.
0: I like that moment uh, with the crew, kind of refusing her orders, and they've obviously talked about this before she came in there. I liked it. I feel a little bit like the last, like you said, that last half of the episode, the last third or whatever, is a little more familiar um i enjoyed the first half or so more with them you know in this void and they they lose power and there's some really great like shots of power being lost throughout the ship and just the sense of they're already feeling so isolated and awful and going a little bit stir crazy and then in the middle of all the blackness the ship just loses power and stops and um the dread on some of their faces and stuff so I, there's a lot of good stuff in there and more to the point there's a lot of unique stuff that I feel like we haven't seen in the last few years on Voyager or any Star Trek or any Star Trek really so when the last half starts to feel a little little bit more familiar maybe i guess i guess i'm just fickle like i don't want it too different but i don't want it to <laughs> to the same so it's it's a it's not that it's bad in the last half by any means it's just not as
2: interesting because it's not as unique. Well, yeah, I think the second half, you it kind of just becomes a little bit more predictable. You know, you know, the first half we're like, okay, there's this void. Well, how the, you know, we know they're not going to be in here for two years. How are they going to get out? So, you know, the audience is kind of left in the dark. Just as the you know, crew, you
0: say that, but you know, it occurred to me if this was a modern television show, they might be in there. They the would have been in the void the whole season. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. At least four or five episodes.
0: They couldn't even really do it for one whole episode with yeah. it just being them. Right, right. We had to have those aliens pretty quickly.
2: Yeah, just the changing. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's a good point, Brian. You know, just had the difference between you know 90s television and television today. I mean, at the very least, this if this concept was put together in a Star Trek um, series today, they'd probably be at least in there for two or three episodes, and they'd, they'd find the find the way to do it.
0: I did like that we got Janeway uh, uttering what must have been her first like 80s action movie line. Time to take out the garbage. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, God, that line is funny. But probably not for the reason thing it is. Right, right. I like the Captain Proton stuff. I do. I really do. I like the, the future episode where they do the whole thing. But it's a little weird because I've tried watching some of those, like, 30s serials and stuff that they're referencing. And for the most part, I find them very difficult to watch today, you know. So First-rated. it can be like an homage, but they can't get very close otherwise it would just be it would just stop the show sometimes it feels like a like a one trick pony like like there's one joke and then we just spin it over and over but i do like it i do like it i think the guy that plays dr chaotica is wonderful he's he's he really nails it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why when the ship loses power on the holodeck in in the universe of the spaceship it's like it loses power you're right that doesn't i mean it, it either if the holodeck loses power we would just see the grid right away yeah i don't get it yeah, well, so i think where they messed exactly. up
2: was with the lights going out they kind of gave an explanation you know that the holodeck's its own independent power source but i'm like yeah, well, but why would the so, lights go out
0: right that's what i'm saying like he wouldn't need to use a flashlight uh, that <laughs> doesn't exactly make sense and i didn't hear a line to try and explain that away but you know that's a little thing it is it is pretty startling when you see like that early on in the episode especially when you imagine it's, this has been like months off, and we're just now seeing the, the first episode of Voyager in months because uh, it's the beginning of season five. And you see the senior staff meeting, and Janeway's not there. And she's not in the episode for quite a while. And then I do like that scene when she comes, when when Chicote goes to see her, like you were talking about, Adam. But even then, we don't really see her. At first, she's like, all oh, it's still it in the back. yeah. But anyway, the, the senior staff meeting, it's pretty um remarkable to see that meeting just without Janeway at all. Like it mm-hmm. feels weird, which is accurate and what they were going for, but it's 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 weird, you know. You're just like I've never really seen that. <laughs> What's this episode about?
2: You know, I think they try to touch on a few different things on here. I mean, we didn't kind of get into it too much. I mean, I'll, I'll just bring this up. So you know, you have the polluter. He's going in and he's polluting the system that's destroying, you know, these life forms. And I, I'm just going to prerequisite. This is kind of a subset of what the episode's about. But I think that they're talking about, um, you know, at the time and especially today, you know, how pollution, you know, affects everybody, you know, whether it be drinking water, everything like that. So I think they're kind of trying to make that point that you just can't just randomly throw your poison in the dirt or in a void of space and not think it's not going to affect anybody else. So I think that's what they're kind of trying. They're trying to say that in this, and I think they're also trying to get into like um, self-reflection. You know, being left with just you and your thoughts. You know, how um, that can um, can make you better, or it can kind of make you crazy.
1: I I agree with all that. I mean, I think they tried to do that. um, You know, the environmental slant thing, and that's definitely there. Um, It's almost too obvious, you know, or whatever. But and then and then yeah, they. the, the whole, uh, dwelling on if you, if you have nothing, no stimuli or whatever you are left with dealing with your own demons and that kind of thing. Um, which can be a good thing if you've, you know, you've got to deal with it sometime, I guess you don't have to, but it's a good thing to do it. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think this episode is, is okay. You know, I just, maybe if it had focused on one thing, you know, one of those things more or something, but um, yeah, it's all right.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean,
1: I, I, I like this
0: episode, but I, especially the first half when it just feels like kind of our Voyager family stuff. So I do like it. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's do six degrees for night. Oh golly. Steve, you going first or second? Oh, first Martin Rayner plays Dr. Chaotica. He will return later this season for the sequel. Name the episode. Hmm. I kind of gave you a hint there. <laughs>
1: oh gosh. The sequel. That was my yeah. hint. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I know I'm gonna not want to hear it, but um, Doctor Chaotica returns. No, nope.
2: Adam. Uh, pff, no clue. Terrible.
1: Okay, Adam, you and I were, I
0: think, I thought we were in the same college class together where a teacher proclaimed the greatest horror movie in history was James Whale's sequel to Frankenstein. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Dang it. of Frankenstein. <laughs> so the episode I was looking for was that's, of... right,
2: okay, that's right. Okay, that's <laughs> right.
0: All right, Adam, Stephen Dennis, or Denis, I'm not sure, plays the night alien, he played the character Tholos in the Enterprise episode, Shadows of Pajem. Name his species. Um, the title should be uh, helpful there.
2: Read the question again, please. May I have the question again? So. Yes.
0: Okay. Stephen Denis plays the night alien. He played the character of Tholos in the Enterprise episode, Shadows of Pajem.
1: Name his species.
2: Shadows of Pajem. Oh, man. I, that didn't help. So Sorry, Steve. You can have it.
1: Well, it's one of two. An Andorian?
2: Yep, it was Andorian. All right.
1: Steve has one. Moving on. <laughs> Drone Season 5, Episode 2, Production Code 196, Original Air Date October 21st, 1998, directed by Les Landau, story by Brian Fuller and Harry Klure, teleplay by Brian Fuller, Brandon Braga, and Joe Minoski, music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include J. Paul Beaumare as One and Todd Babcock as Ensign Mulcahy.
2: <laughs> The small team from Voyager, including Seven of Nine and the Doctor, are performing a survey of a proto nebula on a shuttlecraft. When the nebula becomes un- unstable, the team is evacuated via transport to the ship, but a malfunction briefly merges their patterns together. The Doctor finds his mobile emitter is failing, and Lieutenant Torres takes the emitter to the science lab to attempt repairs the next day. The crew is unaware that the emitter has gained some of Seven's Borg nanoprobes and is beginning to assimilate equipment in the science lab. A drone. But unlike any I've ever seen. It appears to be in the fetal stage.
0: I don't understand. The Borg assimilate. They do not
2: reproduce in this fashion.
0: I think the writers missed an opportunity in this one because obviously the perfect name for one would have actually been borgie <laughs> i think that uh, <laughs> it should have been named little borgie <laughs> <laughs> the one thing this episode always reminds me and my research over the years has yielded different information a little bit but i will i always remember at one of the conventions i went to Many, many years ago, I feel like it was a Comic-Con thing, but I don't remember. The guy that pitched this said, and I've probably told this story before, but he said it was the only pitch he ever sold before he sat down, because he, he came into the room, and I th- thought it was was Michael Michael Piller wasn't on this show at this point, was he? I don't think so. Okay, so it must not have been Michael Piller, but whoever it was, he came in, and on his he was walking over to sit down in the chair, and, and he said... Seven's nanoprobes mix with the Doctor's hollow emitter and created 29th century Borg and Braga, whoever said sold <laughs> mm-hmm. before he even sat down, which is, yeah, it's kind of like, well, how did, that's, a, it's so simple. And how do they not think of that on their own?
2: <laughs> Adam, you want to start us on this one? Sure. Um, I like this episode, you know, it's, you know, it's got some, it's got a few themes from, you know, past episodes, but I, you know, not past episodes of Voyager, but past episodes and, you know, Trek series, Next Gen and so forth. You know, a Borg is created. Um, seven to nine is kind of the mother figure to this Borg. You know, she's reluctant at first, but then, you know, she's told she's got to, you know, teach this Borg. So, yeah, it's an interesting concept to kind of have, um, you know, the Borg nanoprobes intermix with the Doctor's technology and uh, creates a baby it's kind of far-fetched but it, it it works i think just because they don't spend too long on that they just go through it quickly okay all right we're we got a borg baby and here we go what
0: well, you were talking about borgie right
2: borgie we're talking about borgie you know when in my head i i wanted to call him uno i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> i just thought it would have been more fun um But yeah, I mean, you know, it's got these, you know, themes of what is a life form and what rights does it have, even though it's a Borg, you know, and it could be very dangerous and it's got this 29th century technology in it. It could, you know, just be a very destructive force. But um, in this event, Janeway and, you know, the crew um, supporting her, you know, they they think this life form has a right to become, you know, become a a free-wielding
0: individual. Janeway goes there pretty much immediately, yeah. Right. And uh, we've certainly seen other captains consider other possibilities first, um, but she doesn't at so like all. A... She's immediately like, "No, let's let's not kill him if we don't have to. Let's at least give him a shot and stuff like that."
2: And it's worth that you know they kind of. I mean, uh, I mean, I guess it creates the drama, the suspense. You know, they kind of box themselves in a the corner by saying, you know, like, "Well, this guy has such this dupe board." Borgie has got such, um, such incredible technology. If we wake him up, we may not be able to stop him. Um, but I mean, I don't think it hurts the episode that, that bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, the Borg, you know, he starts the Borgie. Now I'm just going to call him Borgie. He starts interacting with the crew, making friends and his, you know, his personality starts to come out and, you know, you know, and then we have the climactic and you know the board find out about him they they want to come and take him and assimilate the crew and you know we find out that is the human the his human side or what whatever part of him is human has taken hold and um he wants to protect the the crew um even to the point where he sacrifices himself there on the doctor's table, so overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode. You know, it has um good themes. It's it's not something new that we haven't seen in Star Trek before, but I think they did a good job making it unique enough on its own that it um, stands alone. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: You talk about this when he's like kind of making friends. I like the scene a lot with uh Neelix in the in the hallways on the way to sickbay. Right. His conversation with Neelix is pretty interesting. It's the first time you really kind of see like someone treating him that way, like just a
2: as a person, you
1: know, an individual. You
0: know, yeah, on the crew. Yeah. Uh, Steve, your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, overall, I liked it a lot. I think one thing that it does kind of suffer from a little bit is it, fee- it does feel a bit rushed because, they, you know, first off, like you said, Janeway has to comes to that goes to that point right away where okay, it's you know, it's a sentient life we have to protect it regardless of the threat, blah blah blah. So we kind of bypass what would what do you think would be natural to consider all these risks more seriously of you know this essentially a 29th century Borg you're developing on the ship and then second the development stuff you know okay it develops very quickly and and that's cool and then he you know you never really feel like he's really gonna turn on him you know i mean it's it's kind of like yeah he's on their side i mean you know he's thinking about it he's, he's curious about the borg somehow he just doesn't look into the computer and find out about him find out the borg himself or whatever but then um he just moves forward and nope i'm protecting my crew that's great you know that to me a lot of it feels a little bit rushed i'm not sure what alternative you have but there's, there's some of it kind of like that but overall i do i do like i do like the episode
2: do you think this is ultimately a you know it's kind of weird i was thinking about this is is this a seven to nine episode
1: well i think it yeah i think that's yeah i mean I, that, that's the the positive thing about it is i do think it for sure is that it develops her a bit obviously it gives her this experience that she otherwise wouldn't have i mean i'm thinking a lot of that i'm running a lot of that episode where Troy has the child in that second season of Next Gen and uh, then and by the end of the episode it's gone yeah. uh, that kind of thing it gives her that opportunity that she otherwise wasn't going to have at that time um, so I think yeah it does focus on Seven's character so overall I think it's good I mean I think it it's, it, it does what it sets out to do
2: um, What was Data's daughter's name? Lore? I kind of was reminded a little bit of that episode. Oh
1: lol yeah oh, yeah oh, there's a oh, uh, oh. Reburning your trivia questions yet, Brian? <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But so so we see these kind of examples. Yeah, we've seen these kind of examples before, you know. But I, but I agree. I do think it's it's not so copycat that it's just blatantly like that. You know, I think it's it's got a lot of positive qualities. Like
0: you said, it's unique enough. That ending is pretty darn different. Yeah, him choosing to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. because he he understands that the board will never stop until they can get him, and uh he would if they did acquire his technology that would be they'd be so powerful, but that's a real conscious choice you know he's he's he, he mm-hmm. could live there he's not dying because of that explosion he's right. he's basically killing himself right yeah and that's certainly very different and when seven begs him, you know please you're hurting me, you must comply or whatever and he just he says you will adapt and it's such a great little moment you yeah. know and it's such a it's a good line I mean it's a great line true. Sure yeah so it's good and that's and if you weren't sure before that's the moment when you know it yeah it's a seven episode right because mm-hmm. that's something she's gonna have to it's
2: gonna be a part of her forever
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: what's this episode about i kind of took away from it it is about um you know first and this is a minor thing It's about what you know what is a life form and what and and how do you treat a new life form and that's a that's an ongoing theme throughout star trek and like we can all agree we love that part about Star Trek so I think they have that theme in here what they're taught you know early on you know what is a life form what rights does it have um, how do we deal with it um, and how do we treat it um, and a, and a lot of that is just like you you know in Star Trek and I think most of us in our own lives we use, use our own human morality to kind of look at that and go with it and and, the, and this episode does a good job of, of staying true to the Star Trek um, morals of like you know it's about life and and new exploration that kind of thing. So that's that's part of the theme in this. And then, you know, we get into um the seven and seven and nine where she you know it's about finding your own individuality and um you know being comfortable in that individuality and yourself and your own person. And um I think um this experience um furthers the character of seven and nine in that in that journey to become more human. Where you know it's funny is like you know, data that was his aspiration to become more human. It's um, seven is a more of a reluctant participant in becoming more human so um i thought that that progressed her character
0: steve
1: yeah I, I think since we acknowledge it's mostly a seven episodes it's her perspective that's kind of the key to it and that's that you know that idea that ultimately it's such a complex thing to uh to have to let go you know she's the mother character in a way and uh And he develops quickly and ultimately comes to his own conclusion, a very painful conclusion for her, but ultimately, you know, it's, it's out of her hands at that point. That's, that's, that's kind of that, that's the complications of parenthood, you know, and, uh, and ultimately it also provides a lot of perspective for yourself, you know, she, it wasn't that long ago, of course, when she was on the other side of this, and she was the one that she's separate from everyone else, and now she acknowledges and she's convincing him, hey, this is our family, you know? And um, and, and and as it is in real life, parenthood provides that unique kind of perspective where you look at things a little differently than you looked at before, you know?
0: So Cool. Let's do six degrees for drone. Steve has one. Adam, are you going first or second?
2: I'll go first.
0: J. Paul Bomer plays one, the Borg, that should have been called Borgie. Bomer plays a 20th century Vulcan explorer that crash lands on Earth alongside one of T'Pol's ancestors in Enterprise's second season. They did not crash in a river. Name the episode.
2: I remember the episode... um...
0: I should have said they did not crash in a graphite pond.
2: Did not, did not crash in a graphite pond. Like, graphite.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you're asking where did they crash? Uh, they crashed in a quarry. Just
0: saying name the episode.
2: Oh no, um, no, I don't know. I think name. it was the
0: name of the city. I think the episode, of, the name of the episode, is the name of the city.
2: Uh, yeah, I have no idea what the name of the episode is.
0: Steve.
1: Is it uh, Carpenter Creek?
0: You're so close. I'm going to let you correct yourself if you can. Uh, Carpenters pass.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's not that. I'm not getting it then.
0: Carbon Creek. Carbon Creek. Oh. Okay. I See, like I said it posture. wasn't graphite. See? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, Steve, this episode features a Borg sphere instead of a cube. What was the last time Trek viewers saw a Borg sphere?
1: Was it First Contact?
0: Yes, sir. It was First Contact. Steve takes it for the day with two and a half.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, two and a creek. <laughs> uh,
0: let's see. I guess there isn't a lot going on. I hope everybody went and saw what we left behind, or a documentary earlier this week when it was on the big screen. But they did announce it's going to be on, I think, uh blu-ray and streaming probably in august or so so if you didn't catch it then definitely catch it i mean if you didn't catch it earlier this week definitely catch it in august but other than that there's not much going on oh let's see we're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next three episodes of voyager's fifth season you can send us an email trekcompanion at gmail.com our facebook listener page is facebook.com slash trekcompanion our twitter handle is at trekcompanion We thank you for spending an hour with us, and until next time, do take it easy.
2: Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.